You're listening to Hamilton Shot by Shot. I'm your host, Brian. I'm your co-host, Rose. And today we have a special guest with us, somebody we've been waiting for since the beginning of this podcast. And his name is Robin, and he's from the Karate Kid Minute. Welcome, Robin. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. I, I mean, you wrote me a letter every day, so I was like, I guess it, the, the letters are just going to keep coming, so I suppose I should go. <laughs> right. <laughs> I had to get, yeah. We we were we you know it's it's one of those things I'm like the George Costanza Costanza I don't win you over I just wear you down. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. I mean, as soon as you you guys mentioned that you're going to do this podcast, I was like, please please sign me up because I I love Hamilton. I I mean you know I'm not I'm not uh, uh, unique in that respect. <laughs> I and, and it was one of those things where it's like oh my god which which song which song which song you know I. I, w- I was thinking of a, a few of the, the the huge songs at the beginning. Um, I, I had to take some time and not do some <laughs> guest spots. I had to give myself a break, a hiatus. Uh, but I found this was uh, available, and I was like, "Yes, this is a song. I love this song. It is so. It, it's just so. I, I. I mean, we'll get into it. But I, I had my my friend Steph, who I used to podcast with, and we kind of got into Hamilton together. She once said to me, she's like, you are such an Aaron Burr. And I was like, what does that mean? Am I, am I insulted here? Am I, you, you find me super jealous of everybody? Uh, <laughs> am I going to shoot my friend? <laughs> right. Did you murder somebody? That's the- <laughs> <laughs> right. And no, but she said, she said that um, I'm the kind of person that is, is willing to wait for it, is constantly, will constantly, uh, uh, feel like uh instead of just barreling up a hill i will be like a sisyphus and just kind of like be pushing the a rock slowly up a hill and i uh, you know we, i think both sides the hamilton and the burr side of looking at things uh they have good aspects and they have bad aspects you know if it, it so so hamilton um is so ready to just barrel into everything. And sometimes that turns into great things. And sometimes that turns into, you know, leaving some people behind and hurting some people's feelings. Whereas with Burr, it's like, there's great things about being patient and waiting for things to happen and not just barreling, thinking it all through. But there's also the fact that you're sitting on the bench while everybody else's life is moving on really quickly. And you're just waiting for that moment. And sometimes you do have to kind of, you know, go for it right. like, like a Hamilton. So she said that basically, you know, I, I am so patient. I think that's what she meant. Like I'm so patient and so just willing to just put my head down and kind of suffer through th- some things in order to get what I want rather than just like going crazy, going, going all out to get it. <laughs> I don't know if any of that made sense, but <laughs> Yeah, totally. And that's actually something Rose and I have talked about uh, previously about sometimes you want to be a Hamilton and -hmm. sometimes you want to be a Burr. Yeah. You probably don't want to be one or the other all the time. (laughs) Right. Because like you said, there's there's pluses and minuses to it. If you can find that balance, there you go. Mm -hmm. As long as you can read a room and read the situation. Well, and uh, you know, to give a little behind the scenes, we actually originally did ask Robin to come in for my shot, but he threw away his shot. So <laughs> and now he's here. Uh, I know. I was willing to wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See, you're very much a burn. You know, you got what you want. Well, Rose, why don't you go ahead and tell it? I think we, I think if they haven't figured it out by now, 
there might be a little bit of a problem. But why don't you tell them what song we're reviewing today? We are talking the Skylar about- Sisters. Get it, get it. Yeah, we're talking about "Wait for It." Yes, and "Wait for It," of course, is song number thirteen, and it Ooh. was um, yeah, lucky number thirteen. <laughs> and of course, it's performed by Leslie Odom Jr. as Aaron Burr, and it begins at. 42 minutes and 30 seconds uh, on the Disney Plus version, if you're watching, you know, timestamp, if you're watching. And it uh, runs approximately three minutes and 14 seconds. So an average length song, I think. Not Nothing too crazy, nothing too short. Like some of the, some of the ones we've done recently are kind of on the shorter side, haven't they, Ben? Yeah. Yeah, we had a couple long ones and a couple short ones. So, mm-hmm. um, Well, for any musical, you need those kind of interstitial, those little skits that kind of, and then d- between the big... The big numbers, you know, and wait for it is a big number. It's yeah, a great yeah, yeah. showcase for Leslie. <laughs> it is. I was going to say, like, like to me, like my note on that is it's it's really the it's it's Burr's version of my shot. It's like mm. my shot was Hamilton's like I want song or or a problem, not a problem statement, a, a like a, a mission statement. But wait for it is Burr's almost. It's not really. It, it is a little bit of a counter to it. Actually, he's like, well. Because in the last song, in what was it, um, Story Tonight reprised, yeah, Hamilton asked Burr, if if you like this lady, why don't what are you waiting for? And of course, that sets up this song. He's he's willing to wait mm-hmm. if you know to get what he wants, basically. And yeah, it's almost like he's countering Hamilton's argument of oh, he's going for it all the time <laughs> because these these two men have factored so much into the into the narrative, and they keep coming across each other. It's good that they give Burr a chance to kind of say like his inner monologue, like his thoughts on things. And this is what we get here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, his first big song of the musical is Aaron Burser, but it, I think it's not until this that you sort of feel for Aaron. You start to see his, his point of view on things and how frustrating it is uh, to deal with somebody like Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, I can Totally, totally understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, because he even says in the song, and of course, well, I guess we can get into it as we go through the song, but I had a little mm-hmm. background first before we, a little trivia, if you will. Mm-hmm. Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote this song on the subway, apparently. So he was on, <laughs> yeah, he Long was on, subway ride. Oh, we're going to wait for this, this stop coming. <laughs> well, it, it's funny because he, he said the, the tune, basically, the chorus just kind of came to him when he was on his way to his friend's birthday party. So he wrote it, he sang it into a uh, iPhone. And once he got nice. to his, he only stayed at his friend's party for about 15 minutes and then got back on the subway to finish the song. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the music behind the verses, at least, the, 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 the check, 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 you know, that does sound a bit like a train rolling down a track. <laughs> yeah. He's had a couple, uh, I mean, we've, uh, you know, we don't always know the story behind each song that he wrote, but we found a few interesting tidbits here and there where one time he was on his, uh, he was he was on his honeymoon, I think, for one of the songs. Yeah, I think it was "You'll Be Back." <laughs> you'll be back. That's right. Oh, right. That's right. Because <laughs> you'll, "You'll Be Back" is a breakup song. It's a breakup letter between the king and the colonies, <laughs> and yet he wrote that on his honeymoon. So we joke. That's about strange. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, of all the times to come up with a breakup letter. <laughs> yeah, like I I want to spend some time with you, honey, but I gotta write this great uh, this take on uh, King George talking to America. Uh, it's basically <laughs> like a breakup. D- don't look into that too too deeply. <laughs> right. I'm sure by that point she was used to him writing all the time. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do you guys say we 
yeah, let's just get into the song. Why not? Okay. So, yeah. So it really just starts out, you know, because again, it picks up from how he was set up. I already mentioned that, but I, I won't go through all the lyrics, but he, he says Theodosia. And did I say that right, Rose? No, you didn't say that. Okay, it please right. explain to me how do I say Theodosia. Say it again. Theodosia. Theodosia. All right. Theodosia writes me a letter every day. I'm keeping the bed warm while her husband is away. He's on the British side in Georgia. He's trying to keep the colonies in line. He can keep all of Georgia. Theodosia. <laughs> it's like Ambrosia. Theodosia. <laughs> She's mine. Mm-hmm. So do you guys know the history of Theodosia or her husband at all? I, I looked up some trivia myself for this this part at least. All right, Robin, what do you got for it then? Go ahead and her husband was name was uh, Jacques uh, Prevost. Um, he was a British officer, and uh, he did uh, during the war. He was stationed mostly in Jamaica, and so he was gone a lot. And then, after being gone for so long, he comes home and he's badly wounded and like mostly paralyzed. So it's kind of uh, uh, no big feat to see how Theodosia might have. Uh, decided to stray after all that, you know. Uh, yeah. But he was—I uh, I saw he was also the governor of the the Georgia province, which uh, covered Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi. So it wasn't like just a random British officer's wife, but like the governor's wife, kind of, you know. No, oh yeah, no. She she had a she has quite a, a an interesting story in her own right, which I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I I really had never heard of her before. You know, it's not something I. I love American history, but I never really delved into it too much. But yeah. she she married well, and I saw that Jacques was also called uh, referred to as James. Hmm. Uh, kind okay, of Englishized his name, even though he was he was a British officer. And uh, right. they got married. They got married in 1763 at the age of 17. She was 17 at the time. Mm-hmm. Now I think she met him through her stepfather, her or, and her uncle, or her step uncles, or whatever. Her stepfather was a captain in the British army and he, he actually passed away when she was still young as well. But because of that, there was a lot of um, British gentlemen that she was introduced to, let's just say. And mm-hmm. he, yeah, he was an army officer, um, but he was, he actually fought in many wars. He was in the, he went to the West Indies. He was in the French and Indian war he was on the American front in the seven in the seven years war. He was stationed at the Pennsylvania frontier at one point. Uh, he went down, down in Jamaica, which is ultimately where he passed away was actually in Jamaica. Hmm. Um, when the war, you know, caught it was when he was called back into service. Cause they, they apparently what they had done is they had bought like an estate almost more or less in Bergen County, New Jersey. And they named their home, the hermitage huh. as he kept getting assigned to new and new duties. He kept getting like, extra grants of land and stuff like that. So it was a nice little state that they had in New Jersey. Uh, but it was 1776. He gets recalled and he was part of the, what is it? What do they call it? It was like the colonial, it was a colonial arm of the British army. Basically he, he briefly did serve as a colonial governor after the British occupied Savannah. He was second in command of his brother in the campaign in Georgia and the Carolinas. And then after Savannah was captured in 1778, he was named the uh, British governor for of Georgia for a short while. Later, he he went to the West Indies and Jamaica because of there was some unrest there, and British wanted you know put that down. He had actually died in Jamaica 
um, from his uh, in, previous injuries from the war. So, and like you said, he was gone more than he was there. In fact, I think at one point he was down in the, in, in the South and he asked for two of his kids to be sent down. He had like five kids with Theodosia. Yeah. And I don't think she was very happy about that. <laughs> so I'm sure that was a, a bone of contention as well between them. The fact that he's gone all the time and now she's taking his kids or he's taking her kids. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty interesting because so what with him gone, she was in charge of five children and she kind of ran this estate called the Hermitage. And apparently, so where they were in Bergen County from like the set from 1776 to 1780, there was constant skirmishes between the loyalists and, and then and the Patriots. And it's like, they, they kind of divided like the North and the South of the County while the Patriots militia had control of Northern Bergen County, the British occupied lower Bergen County and they were constantly attacking back and forth. They said, but the women who lived at Hermitage, including Theodosia, because that was her place, they said they were spared attacks from the Patriots because they were there were no male British supporters at the house. So there was nobody fighting there, so they let them be. Right. Even though they were technically loyalists. Yeah. Uh, the British, of course, left them alone because they knew that that was the home and wife of a British, a fellow British officer. <laughs> so... She kind of went, luckily was untouched, although there were lots of patriots that wanted to confiscate the house and then kick everybody out and bring them down to um, New York City where where the British were in control of. So they, they wanted to take their, their, their possessions. However, uh, she, she was a smart lady, basically. She endeared herself to the patriots and let them stay at the house a lot. Like she invited Washington, Hamilton, Lafayette. Mm-hmm. They all came in there and stayed at her house, especially when they were close to town. She learned that they were like, oh, Washington's coming through with his entourage. Hey, my place is better. Why don't you come here? So she did that. She <laughs> entertained them. Um, she was very smart, very quick-witted. She, uh, I don't think she ever – yeah, yeah. She, she wasn't – there was no record of being educated, but she was really like smart and was able to entertain well. People like going there. It was a nice place. And she like she, – but she would also petition the – Patriot, New Jersey Patriot Council to be like, please don't take my house. <laughs> and uh, one, what such person who who stayed there and met her at one point was uh, a young Aaron Burr. So mm. he had uh, he had stayed there for a short amount of time, uh, but but basically there was a time where uh, Burr was supposed to take some, I guess, some loyalists or some prisoners back. It, it, he was stationed at Valley Forge, but he was. Uh, he was assigned to take um, these these people back down to New York, and Theodosia accompanied him. And so for about five days, like she just went along with, with this entourage, and they got to spend about five days getting to know each other. And this is after already meeting each other. So they were saying that's probably where <laughs> where they really started kind of hitting it off. Yeah. Uh, but Burr had some health problems, so he more or less was able to retire from the army early. Washington gave his release because he just couldn't, he wasn't getting better. He was exhaustion, exposure. He had had some heat problems earlier, a few years earlier, and he just never really got better. So uh, during this whole time though, he's writing Theodosia or he's taking, and then he went back to, to school and he's like coming back, you know, he's finishing his education, setting up his lawyer shop and he's visiting Hermitage all the time. So uh, by that mm. point, you know, and then once her husband died, she, you know, she wrote him. And she's like, hey, I don't know if you saw the news, <laughs> more or less. <laughs> and they ended up getting married. So it was uh, July second, seventeen eighty two, 
she was 35, he was 25, and they got married at Hermitage. Yeah, oh, wow. 10 years older, huh? Like marrying a, marrying a young man. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, hey, good for her. Uh, right. <laughs> five kids, strapped down with five kids, and then, you know, you pick up a, a young guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, as they say, everything is legal in New Jersey, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not surprised I didn't get married while she was still married then. <laughs> Especially since he was British, they they could have been like, well, this is a colonial marriage. That was a British marriage, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, she died uh, May 18th, 1794 at the age of 48. In in this particular article that I found, it was I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. It tells a lot about her, a lot more detail than I just went into, but they said she died of stomach cancer. Now, I read on a different article that she was sick the entire time that they were together and that hmm. they suspected that she had cancer. This article f- flat out says she had stomach cancer. So, you know, w- this is something that Rose and I have come across a few times. Are the facts that we're being told, in fact, facts or are they speculation? I don't know if we'll ever know, but I think there's enough evidence to suggest that, yes, yeah, she had some sort of cancer, likely stomach cancer. So. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was interesting. She she apparently had been sick the whole time, and just, they just never knew. So, hmm. Any other thoughts on Theodosia before we <laughs> get into the song? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, and that's it's it's kind of a kind of a, a lovely story, you know the the fact that um, you know he waited for her, he finally got her, and and stayed with her even though she was sick, you know, until she died. Uh, I, so that, that sounds like love to me. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And and I read some, I was, you know, when I was doing some research for this particular episode, they were saying that that, that this particular, um, and it's, it's called out in the line that I just read about, well, the, the husband can have Georgia. I don't care. I want the woman, you know, and, and their take on it, which is not a bad take is basically Bert at that point, Bert didn't care if the, who won the war, as long as he could have her like to prove his love, like. Really, he didn't care. Yeah. But their take on it is that this song was more about he's willing to wait for her love, which I, I think mm-hmm. that's the surface, the surface interpretation of it. It's he's singing about her. But I think yeah. overall, I think it is more of like, no, this is the type of personality that I have. I yeah. wait for my opportunities in life, whether it's in love or in politics or in war or whatever. So that's what I think. I think overall, it's we're getting his thoughts on how his personality is uh not necessarily about his love life mm-hmm. that's just one aspect yeah that's the thing about this song it really kind of outlines uh the kind of person that aaron burr is yeah i think it's uh i think it's interesting you know uh, there's some faults to it and then there's some good things to it <laughs> yeah right it, like as we said like, <laughs> there's, there's good things for what i mean sometimes patience is a virtue <laughs> mm-hmm. sometimes but as but you don't want to ride the fence forever because if you don't choose a side, you know, you know, if you don't make a stand, you'll fall for anything, that type of situation. Yeah. Um, but then he gets into, you know, love doesn't discriminate and he brings up sinners and saints and um, all that good stuff. And so he kind of gets into his background a little bit about his grandfather was a fire and brimstone preacher. And then they were like, preacher, preacher, you know, <laughs> you're not seeing the looks I'm getting right now. <laughs> <laughs> We gonna start singing it? Yeah, uh, right. yeah. yeah. I, I actually, <laughs> I actually uh, rewatched the uh, this this part of the music. I couldn't sit down for three hours, but I rewatched this this song, and uh, 
the the way uh, it's it, it's set up, like he's singing in the middle of the stage, and the chorus members are now kind of like walking out one by one, taking a seat, kind of leaning against the post nearby. It's almost like the chorus is almost uh, the chorus members are almost serving as the audience. Like, okay, all right, we're getting into this, and now at this part, he's like. Okay, here's some more facts about me, and and the chorus repeats the facts back. And preacher, 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 like we're listening, we're listening, we're listening. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Teacher, uh, teacher, teacher. Yeah, they just keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, the one thing. So we watch, rewatch it as well because you know, obviously, we listen to the song, but then because we're doing a Disney Plus version, we like to rewatch it and. There's a lot of fun stuff to pick her out in the background like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so, some songs more than like this is pretty straightforward though. It's mm-hmm. him singing in a spotlight, like you said. You can see the guy, the the kind of the Broadway cast just kind of popping up in the, the background players popping up in the background. Or one thing I, I thought it, re- it, re- it reminded me of is the way it was shot is like when you're in like middle school or high school and they take a photo of you and it's like the main front. You, you, and then you have like a superimposed version of yourself because at one point they get it. So you like, you could see him singing, but you could see in the background, the background players and just the way it was like, kind of, it, it almost looked superimposed, although I know it wasn't. And it reminded me of those photos where it's like a main photo of yourself. And then like a fuzzy superimposed photo of you up in the corner. <laughs> like I don't know. It's just where my, my brain went, you know, it's almost like they're playing the, like the Greek, choir though like because right. it's like it's all internalized in his head i guess and but it's like yeah they're they're kind of repeating it back so it's it's like the audience we're we're okay all right this is interesting tell us more about this aaron you know t- tell us more what what your thoughts on life are and, well, you know, we're, and we're kind of sing along with you yeah because he he's been keeping everything close to his vest anyway so now he's opening up a little bit mm, he yep. thinks he's alone but we're all watching yeah. <laughs> History Uh-oh. has its eyes on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The audience. <laughs> um so his fa- his his uh, grandfather, anybody know who his grandfather was? <laughs> I mean, I have it up in front of me, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah, his his grandfather was uh Jonathan Edwards. <laughs> yes. And and uh there's a lot of famous John Jonathan or John Edwards throughout the years. Um, so I can <laughs> confirm he is not the disgraced former North Carolina senator. <laughs> no, he is no, also that would be weird. Also, yeah, <laughs> it would be. How'd that work? He's <laughs> also not the psychic medium who could actually who has his own TV show. Although he probably could put us in touch with Aaron Burr if we really wanted to get. <laughs> yeah, there's one of those like. TV shows where they like, oh, your grandfather's here with us right now in the room, and, and his name is John Edwards as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. oh, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> Rose is giving me some looks like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> I often get that on the show too, and in real life. Mm-hmm. No, it was his maternal grandfather uh, was John Edwards, uh, preacher John Jonathan Edwards of the Great Awakening. He was an American uh, revivalist, uh, just a high level. Or just he was an American revivalist, yeah. philosopher, and he he was part of. He played a critical role in shaping the first Great Awakening, which was a bunch of revivals from like 1733 to 1735. Basically, a lot of religious. Uh, he, he, I guess he was 
his church was in Northampton, Massachusetts, but he was, um, I, I mean, forget about it. And I think Rose, you're, you'll, you'll get to this at some point in school, but there was a big reawakening of spirituality, especially Puritan spirit for spirituality, which I think he was of the Puritan thoughts, um, in America it, prior to the revolution and all that. Uh, just really getting back in touch with God, a lot of preaching, a lot of fire and brimstone, that type of stuff. Uh, but he delivered, he had a famous sermon called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And it's known as a classic early American literature. You know, it's one of the American literature. And he he actually wrote several books uh, that, I you know, that revival, I think, was printed or that sermon, I should say. And mm-hmm. But he had other ones like The End of Which God Created the World, The Life of David um, Brainerd. Um, some that was basically thought that inspired a lot of missionaries in the 19th century. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I have a, I actually cut out a little segment from, uh, sinners in the hands of an angry God. And when they talk about fire and brimstone, let me just, can I just read this little part here? He says, um, your wickedness makes it, makes you as it were heavy as lead and to tend downward with great weight and pressure towards hell. And if God should let you go, you would immediately sink and swiftly descend and plunge into the bottomless gulf and your healthy constitution and your own care and prudence and best contrivance and all your righteousness would have no more influence to uphold you and keep you out of hell than a spider's web would have to stop a falling rock. (laughs) I don't, I don't think they sugarcoated things during this time. (laughs) No. Yeah. It's not, there's no, Hey, if you're a good person, you're going to heaven. <laughs> it's like, uh, you're all going to burn. <laughs> I have, uh, I have, uh, the genius website. I got a lot of stuff from there and Anal- analysis, you know, it's a community analysis of different lyrics. And, uh, the one for wait for it mentions that like saying your, since he was like, like one of the fathers, the one of the fathers of the American views on Christianity, uh, the leader of this Great Awakening. It's just saying your grandfather was a fire and brimstone preacher. Uh, they they say it's almost like saying my grandfather played in a band and then showing him in a picture with three other Beatles. That's pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, because there was a lot of traveling preachers. I mean, watch any old Western show. There's always a preacher, you know. Yeah, yeah. The preacher. (laughs) Yeah. that's funny. (laughs) Uh, I I guess I didn't realize. I knew his. We knew his dad helped uh, start Princeton College, Mm -hmm. so we knew his family was prominent. I didn't realize how far back and and how prominent you know he his family was in in american society even pre-revolution and all that so mm-hmm. um yeah i mean he even says he's like they didn't leave me much but a legacy to protect you know when his parents died and mm-hmm. you can see why because you know his dad again we talked about he started princeton college his mom he gets into his mom about being really smart but there was there's not a lot of uh detail about his mom uh, other than the fact that she was, she, she was, they, they have her journals, her journals, along with some other women of the time they've used to kind of shed some light on what it was like for colonial women of that era, especially, you know, kind of more of the upper class, uh, higher society women. Um, but they, they mentioned that she was um, basically self-taught. She had not had any formal education, but she was a smart cookie, I guess, based on, on what she's uh, on on her journals, and her name was Esther Edwards Burr. 
But again, mm-hmm. not, there wasn't much about her. Um, but she did die. Actually, she did die a few days after Burr's father. So her, so Burr's father died of complications with smallpox. And then, and that was March 22nd, 1758. And on April 7th, 1758, they said she had a few days of illness and they believe it was also smallpox and she died. Wow. So or- orphaning her two children. So Aaron Burr, one of them, Sarah Burr is the other. Yeah, uh, I read that Burr wasn't even two when his parents died. I um, forget how young he was because I, I always was thinking it was like 14, but he was like in college by age 14. So, right. yeah. I mean, so that that's this whole this whole thing about when they died that left no instructions because obviously they weren't able to teach him anything. He was too young. And then yeah. just a leg- legacy to protect like this, Both both he and Burr are like obsessed with legacy and uh history is gonna look back and see the actions that i had that i'd done and burr felt this uh i think this extra responsibility because his background was you know these great these great men and if he did if he made some sort of risks and uh you know like stood for things constantly like hamilton did uh he might risk that legacy he might tarnish it Whereas Hamilton doesn't have those things holding him back. He doesn't have to worry about his family or ruining his family's name. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, he doesn't have, he doesn't have that lineage at all. He's got nothing, which is why he's such a risk taker. He wants, he wants that. He wants to have a legacy. Yeah. But he has nothing to, like you said, if he, if he dies, he dies. Um, the only person that he's going to ruin is himself at this point. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Bur- Burr is much more of a patient man <laughs> because mm-hmm. now I do like, I didn't get into like who raised Burr, but I do wonder who, who kind of gave him that sensibility growing up about, you know, protecting mm-hmm. legacy and protecting his family name and stuff like that. Uh, but it, it's a good way. It, it is another way. And he calls it out in a song, like about Hamilton's pace is relentless. You know, he takes and he takes and he keeps winning, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, so so again, it's it's definitely Hamilton and his way of things of doing things is on his mind. If we're getting this in his internal monologue song, but yeah, and of course, one of the things that keeps coming up in the song, if part of the chorus, is you know, life doesn't discriminate discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes and it takes. You know, so like obviously his family was you know they were preachers. You know, I would think they were you know he would kind of say they're uh, saints, and yet they died. And then if you want on the flip side, maybe like Hamilton's, you know, like Hamilton's father wasn't exactly a great guy. He kind of, he left them, you know, you could, so you could say he's the sinner, but again, life takes like there, it doesn't matter. I mean, when when it's all said and done, life sucks for everybody, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And death is coming for us all. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, But he even talks about, we rise, we fall, we break and we make our mistakes, but yeah, it's just... I, the, the chorus really hits. I mean, it just, you know, and, and it goes from, you know, the beginning with love, love doesn't discriminate, uh, death doesn't discriminate. And, uh, what else was it? I think, yeah. Life. Life. Life, Yeah. 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 And that all completely makes sense, you know? And, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, especially with the whole thing with death, you know, all these people died, uh, before Aaron Burr was, <laughs> you know, 
in college and doing his like everything it was taken away from him and uh um yeah so uh, and, and of course you know that he kills alexander hamilton and is uh haunted by it like i don't know it it's just it's just such an impactful uh, course. I think uh, it makes me think think a lot, and I'm not really good at verbalizing it. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing you're not on a podcast. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, uh, you had a problem with Theodosia. Can you pronounce in inimitable? <laughs> inimitable. Inimitable. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, Rose is like, hey, you're close. You're close. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. If anybody's listening to the show for even like two seconds, they'll know that I am horrible with names. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, it, this is just par for the course, honestly. Like, so one of the things I like to point out when they're actually singing the songs, uh, you know, like some of the stuff they're doing, but really. Leslie Odom Jr. is mostly stationary for most of the song until the end where he's really like, wait for it. He almost does this kind of like, did you notice that Rose? Like he was kind of like putting his arms up in the air and, and almost doing like a, I don't know. He, he wasn't like, it wasn't like a ballet kind of jump. He does a little weird jump at the end or whatever, but I didn't notice he kind of gets into it. Like he, he puts his body into it more mostly. Yeah. Again, throughout almost like Burr is waiting for it. He's singing, but he's staying fairly restrained. But once he kind of gets into the, like the crescendo of the song, he kind of gets his body into it a little bit more. And I thought that was kind of neat too, because I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I think, I think Leslie Odom Jr. As Burr kills it in the song. Like this is yeah. a good showcase for him. Yeah. You know, I am not sure if he's was conscious in, in this, but the the fact that Burr is so restrained and holding back and holding back and then finally cuts loose at the end of uh, at the end of the musical uh, you know to uh, terrible results yeah uh, maybe maybe it's kind of reflecting like the the emotion is building and building and building in him and he's just by the end he's like screaming about Hamilton and uh, mm-hmm. how he's got nothing to lose meanwhile. I have everything to lose. And uh, and why is it that he just does what he wants and gets away with it and still wins? And yet yeah. I, I, I'm doing this correctly and I'm losing left and right. And of course, you know, it's his jealousy that makes him feel like such a, a, a loser. I think uh, if he was more confident in, in himself and his own beliefs, he might not be so bothered by it. And, and this actually, Robin, by you bringing that up, is something I hadn't really thought of. Is is you know obviously early in the and we're still early in the, the musical though. Yeah. But he they're they show Burr and Hamilton to be on friendly terms. They're buddies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, obviously, Burr wanted the right hand man position that Hamilton got because that came up in in the musical. But maybe this is the first like real signs that we get of the resentment that he's starting to see. The, you know, like you said, the jealousy, mm-hmm. and I hadn't thought about it that way. So going forward, they would still be friendly for a while, but they start to become more friendly rivals as well as, as, as the show goes on. And as you know, we'll get to all that eventually, but I really hadn't thought about that, about how this could be a, a turning point where he's starting to resent Hamilton a little bit for the way he is. Mm-hmm. And again, jealousy is creeping yeah. in. Well, I mean, the, the song before, you know, right at the end, just Hamilton kind of calls him out. It's like, I don't 
understand you. <laughs> why are you the way you are? And so now he's just like, this is why. <laughs> right. It's so easy for you. I got yeah. a lot going on here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's <a> good point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so overall, though, uh, you know, so Rose and I like to rank the songs. Oh, really? Oh, so, yeah. Uh, so we use uh, one, out of one to 13 or zero to 13 for 13 colonies. This is what we do every time. Rose, no, you change it every I literally change time. it every time. <laughs> how, how would you rank this song as far as, um, uh, I mean, you don't have to rank it like, oh, this is my number two favorite, but like. Yeah, it would be hard to rank it against yeah. other songs. You know, there are definitely some lesser songs, but uh, well, it'd be we're hard. We're not to be leaving. Like, yeah, we're not going to leave until you go through each and every one in order. <laughs> oh well, well, yeah. On a scale of one to ten, I give it like a seven point five. Seven point five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. What about you, Robin? What would you say? Oh God, this is a, this is a knockout song. Whatever the highest rating is, is if it's 10 or 13, I'm giving it one of those because I love this song. Oh, this is like, you know, if there was a top five songs, like the five best songs in Hamilton, I think this is one of them. Mm-hmm. All right. Well then we it, definitely got the right person for this uh, as a guest. for this. <laughs> that, well, that's why I said, okay, this one then, because uh, I love this song. I'll put I'll put it up there too. I mean, I really hadn't thought of a number. I'll I'll, I'll go with you know I'll split the difference between actually both. Of you. I'll give it a, like an eight point five, because um, <laughs> it's it's I think it really highlights Leslie Odom Jr. in this particular. Um, it's his song, you know. He's he's solo there, and he he plays narrator a lot throughout this song. So I I mean song throughout this um, musical. So I really like that he gets a moment for his own thoughts instead of always singing about what Hamilton's doing. Uh, and I, I, I mean, honestly, I just think he's a really talented singer. I mean, mm-hmm. we we have his Christmas album. We like that. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so I mean, I, it's and it's it, it's when I think of the musical, though, I don't automatically go to this one until I actually see it. And like when I was when I was redoing my notes and cleaning them up last night in preparation for this recording. I was like, this is a damn good song. <laughs> you know, it's so good. It's just, yeah, it, it really is. Because, I mean, I think there's uh, there's more famous or popular songs like like My Shot. Mm-hmm. As much as I like that, and it, much of it is it's such a good, like, again, mission statement for what Hamilton's doing. It's not one that I, I'm like, it's not my favorite. And I wouldn't say this is my favorite either, but I really like it. And I could listen to it, you know, yeah. over, you know repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, the other, the other, other fun fact I just stumbled across, um, you guys, uh, I, I don't know, maybe not Rose, but Brian, did you, have you watched how I met your mother? Uh, yes. I used to show? watch it pretty religiously. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, did guest star on the show. In fact, he went to the same college as the the creators of the show. Okay. Um, and he wrote the, uh, closing rap for neil patrick harris when he did the uh he hosted the tony awards okay um and of course one of the often repeated catchphrases of how i met your mother is wait for it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Good point. Yeah. laughs> that was legend wait for it 
dairy. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've totally forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> I did too until I stumbled. I just stumbled across it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I, my my go to like early Lin Manuel Miranda sightings is uh, he was like a reoccurring character on House. Yeah. One of the later seasons, he was like in a mental institution with him, and, and I've stated repeatedly, like that's right. I hated his character. Uh, <laughs> every time I saw him, I'm like, this this guy, I love him. Well, Miranda now, but every time, but time I'm like, this guy is terrible. I can't stand it. I can't stand his character. I like, <laughs> I like, I like him now. And I, every time I see him, he's, he's delightful. <laughs> but that, you know, that early uh, character uh, that I was aware of him, you know, cause I, I've, then I, you know, found out he did Moana. I'm like, Oh, I love Moana. <laughs> That's yeah, soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's it's funny coming into Moana, and then oh god, especially in Canto, being a Hamilton fan, you hear these songs and you're like, and I recognize that from that all that so many of these little tiny hooks, uh, hmm. or even just phrases. Sometimes uh, I'm like, he used that in Hamilton, like he's repeating his his little thing here. I can't think of anything specific, but you know what I'm saying? It's interesting. Um, I'm almost at a point where I'm like, I'm with, I'm like, all right, all right. Maybe, maybe, maybe he should back off from doing like every Disney movie now. Cause uh, until he comes up with a few new tricks. Cause uh, now it's kind of like, all right, all right. I love Hamilton. Just uh, why do we have to keep repeating this kind of thing? But I don't know. There's a lot of John Williams that I listen to repeatedly. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, some stuff you're just like, wait a minute, that's totally from Empire. You know, like, <laughs> you're repeating yourself. Yeah, I don't care. I love it. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I suppose every genius you can't just expect them to constantly innovate new things all the time. But yeah, well, if no, you're a huge fan, you kind of start uh, you start picking it up. <laughs> it up, right, for sure. And you know that's funny because I had not seen Encanto yet, and now oh yeah, I, I knew he did the music. So that intrigues me to want to see it that alone, but now I'm thinking, I'm wondering if that's a nice hiatus episode to maybe see. If we can you should, you it. should. I uh, a lot of people uh, love Encanto, so so I liked it. <laughs> Thank you, Robin, for the uh, inspiration of a potential future uh, future episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll focus on the music, and we'll we'll yeah. go from there. That that was like the worst part of it. Yeah. The songs were, in my opinion, they were just not that good. Oh well, geez, <laughs> some controversy Ouch. on this. Yeah, well, that that might make that might make for fun podcasting. Then exactly. You know? Yeah, okay, you can't have maybe. a love fest on every single you know song. So th- that's that might be fun. We might have to see what's what, <laughs> and, and we'll see if I agree with you. Maybe I agree with you. Maybe, and then maybe we'll have to you know have Robin back to defend his position or something. <laughs> Who knows. <laughs> So we'll see. Well, that's that's. that's I'll bring that. my daughters on for that one because yeah, uh, perfect. Yeah, they're huge Encanto fans. <laughs> well, something to think about then. All right. Well, um, Rose, do you have any fun facts you want to highlight this time? Well, or, I have we- two, but one of them is according to Google, the meaning of "wait for it" is pretty obvious. Burr is saying that he will wait for a chance to be with Theodosia without ruining his political career. Ah uh, yes, yeah, right. That's something to keep in mind because he was thinking about climbing up the ladder. Yeah, for sure. Right. And I'm sorry, did you say it another fact? Okay, so for Rose's fun facts, um, Lin Manuel Miranda said this song was one of the best songs he ever wrote, and I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yeah, I mean, he, he must be proud of it and he has r- mm-hmm. right to be, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. Oh. It's such like a building crescendo uh, at, and, and a great I want song. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I never even thought about it in that terms before of, you know, the term I want until we, we reviewed my shot and I'm like, Oh, right. Most musicals yep. have an, I want song. So mm-hmm. yeah. And this is Burr's I want song. He wants to wait mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, great. Uh, I mean, I really don't have anything else for uh, this particular song. I know I was going to ask Robin about like, well, Robin, actually, do you have any other overall thoughts on the musical itself? I know you kind of gave some uh, thoughts on the song itself and and Burr mm-hmm. particularly, uh, you know, at the beginning. But anything just offhand you want to mention about yeah, any of the songs that already we discussed or even any ones that are forthcoming? It's funny. Uh, uh, I mean, my overall experience of Hamilton was I'm never a person that will listen to a musical soundtrack before I see the musical. So when the Hamilton wave first hit, everybody was listening to that soundtrack and nobody had actually, you know, I live in Vermont, you know, it's kind of, it's a three hour drive to Broadway if you can get the tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but people would li- like, well, I can't get to Broadway, but I, I love the soundtrack. I listen to it. You know, there I'd see, you know, certain videos on YouTube or whatever to get my fix if I can't see the show. But I just held back. I was like, I'm not listening to it. I'm not listening to it because I don't like listening to musical soundtracks out of context. I'd rather watch the musical and then re-experience it by listening to the soundtrack over and over and over again. So I I was super stubborn about it and I was just like, shut up about Hamilton. These people <laughs> people like me posting about it on social media. And I'm like, what do you you know, I you haven't even seen it yet. How how are you sure I mean, sure the music's great, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I reserve so I was kinda like a curmudgeon about it. And then finally, uh some very gracious uh person uh, brought their camera to the theater <laughs> and and then uploaded it to YouTube. And I immediately downloaded it from YouTube to keep it because uh, I knew it would be taken down. And so I watched it that way, but somebody's uh, stupid phone in the, in the theater and Oh my gosh, I got right into it. I was like, yep. Every, what everybody said was right. This is awesome. And then the soundtrack came out uh, right around that time. Um, I just loved it. And I, you know, when I'm ready for, um, a nice, uh, emotional wallop. I will sit back and, and listen to that, uh, soundtrack or, or now we can watch it on Disney plus, which is amazing. And I honestly think like, I, I wish, you know, I understand they want to keep selling tickets to Broadway, but gosh, just record the shows for posterity, record them. And then, you know, once the show is, uh, not on tour or off Broadway or whatever, then, release it so people that are not able to go to broadway or if you know if they're they live near new york and can't afford like a hundred dollar tickets for a three hour come on for a three hour show <laughs> uh can it can experience it and it and that was a great thing during the pandemic um they they were doing broadway musicals left and right releasing them on youtube like uh for uh some some for like a, like a, it's like a limited event so I'd watch like uh, Phantom with my kids, watched, you know, when Hamilton watched that, uh, watched Cats for like 15 minutes and turned it off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, what is this? I, did, I was not missing out on this one. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, if I want to like a nice emotional wallop and it's cool because, you know, I, I kick myself, but I, I do live like an hour away from like Schuylerville and where the Schuyler house is. And I've always wanted to go uh, check out some of these sites. You know, I knew, but then I think of myself, I'm like, am I into American history or am I into Hamilton, <laughs> the musical? And I think maybe I'm just more into Hamilton, the musical, and it won't interest me as much to actually be like, oh, yes, they did all just kind of wear powdered wigs and were like uh, rich and, <laughs> you know, uh, not not as interesting uh, as, as the musical. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. That's just the way I, I I love I love this I love this musical. Uh, it it hits uh, some some tearjerker like satisfied is kills me, you know. Hurricane burn, all uh, that that second act is uh, uh, oh. it's quite quite uptown. Oh my gosh, uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I, all all I like, great. I like to fashion myself a, a tough guy, and I'm sitting there like. <laughs> during that second you know that second act sometimes it's like i'm i'm with um jefferson when he's like can we get back to politics <laughs> exactly <laughs> i think i and just looking at the song list i think you know alexander hamilton and aaron burser they were famous and i think when I first got into the musical, I really enjoyed, you know, and then the, my shot, the, those three just hit bam, 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 uh, opening musical. Okay. You got my attention. And then the helpless into satisfied, how it all reverses. And then you see the entire thing from a different point of view. That's where I was like, okay, you have me now. This is, you have me and I am, I'm here and I am a, I am a super fan now. <laughs> and that is, that helps seeing like for, that you waited to see it on, you know, like the, see the stage, it w- whether it was, on yeah. because that's one thing I noted about that song in the Disney plus version, they have a rotating stage and things like start, like it's like rewind. You can see how things are going backwards. Yeah. Like visually. So that it's like you, you would, I mean, you get the gist of it from the, the, the music itself. However, I think seeing it acted out, it makes it, it makes more sense. You know, um, I literally remember the first time I watched Hamilton, it was sitting in my living room while my kids were watching cartoons on the TV and I was had headphones and had a laptop in front of me and was like choking up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, when that, when that came out, I had zero desire to watch it. I'm, I I am a fan of American history. Mm -hmm. I was told that this was all hip hop. I am not a big hip hop guy. (laughs) I mean, I like it. I mean, I like certain stuff. Don't get me wrong. I, I like everything. I like a little bit of everything, but I am not a hip hop guy. And of course, the other thing is I'm a bit of a curmudgeon. If anything's too popular, I'm like, oh, I liked it before it was cool. I'm not, I hear you. <laughs> I'm not quite that level, but if anybody's like, whenever people go nuts, I'm just like, whatever. Ugh, it makes it worse. Uh, to me, it's like, it makes it worse. I'm like, I don't, God, you were just ruining this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, but enough time had faded, I think, from the overall mass hysteria of hamilton and then it you know then it went on disney plus rose i forget rose why did you even watch it were you just looking for musicals or because one time you were on disney plus and up on the top thing where it shows movies it said hamilton i'm like what's that and you're like oh it's a musical and you just yeah yeah i think that's right i remember suggesting it to you but i I i can't remember if you were already starting to get into american history a little bit more or if it was just you were looking for something and i'm like well you know people like it 
she was like, oh, this is so good. You have to watch it. So she, she made her mom and I watch it. And I was like, well, oh, so Alexander Hamilton started. And I was like, well, this is interesting. But again, like the first couple songs, I, I, I like, I love them now, but at first I'm just like, oh, this is okay. Because I guess also mm-hmm. I didn't realize that this was one continuous song. Like yeah. I'm used to musicals like Grease. Hey, we have dialogue. <laughs> we have yeah. this. We have an action scene and now we're going to sing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's that, you know, Disney movies are like that too. So that's what I was kind of like used to. And I'm like, this is, they're just singing every song. There's no, there's no like actual dialogue. It's right. all, you know, talk singing as very know, sparse. Yeah. So I, again, I was like, I don't know if this is for me. And I forget at what point it turned. And I'm like, this is amazing. And because the thing is, it's not all hip hop. There's so many different types of songs mm-hmm. on this, on the soundtrack. Like, would you call wait for us a, a hip hop song? <laughs> no. no, you know, burn. No, no. Like these, these are what I think of in a musical. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, no, there's some very traditional musical type stuff. But again, I because w- I guess the way they framed it is every single song was going to be the rap battles, the cabinet rap battles. And yeah. I'm like, that's fun, too. But I wouldn't want a whole musical of that. Yeah. I like when they show up as they do. And and there's it's so good. <laughs> I was so wrong. <laughs> At first, the first time I watched Hamilton, I actually didn't like it. And then I give it a second chance and I liked it. And when you suggested it to me, I was like, and you said it was like history. I was like, Ugh, history. Because I didn't <laughs> used to like history. But ever since I watched Hamilton, I love history. Yeah. it's a, Hamilton actually became a gateway drug for her for American history. Yeah. She's That's read cool. Hamilton. Yeah, like biographies on Hamilton. Um, oh, wow. Her favorite movie yeah. is The Patriot. Oh, her favorite movie is The Patriot. Wow. <laughs> well, that's a little altered history. <laughs> exactly how it happened, and I will hear none of it otherwise. <laughs> now, I've actually been in some of the filming locations of The Patriot. Um, and so, like, I oh, was, cool. that was I'm like, oh, this is the room Carl Wallace was in with Mel Gibson. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, oh, this Washington was really there in real life. And it was just mm-hmm. really neat, like down in South Carolina. So it's a good, like I said, it's a good way to kind of like, here's what happened. But because Hamilton is, I mean, they take some creative liberties with historical fact. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. But it's, it makes for a much better story. <laughs> but then again, like then, like then we learned something that is different from the musical and you're like, wow, this is way more fascinating. Like sometimes real life is a little more crazy than others. But um, as far as the, 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 the fact that Hamilton and Burr are kind of rival- friends and rivals throughout this whole musical, like that has to take some creative liberties to, to make that happen. But it works because that's the story. Like that's the two main characters. So mm-hmm. anyways, um, I could, we could go on and on all day. Yeah. <laughs> The song, so or the musical, so if if you guys got nothing else, I think we could uh, we could wrap this up. I think next time is what is next song? Uh, Rose, stay alive. I think so. So that'll be an interesting one. Yep, it is great. BG song. I'm yeah. surprised they put it in this musical, though. Weird. I'm telling you, they have all types of songs, including yeah, um, disco. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I of course, I, I was, yeah. I thought, of course, my, my Bee Gees experience was from the uh, Sesame Street record with Grover in the John Travolta uh, costume. And I will say mine is from Airplane when he was doing the World War II <laughs> movie and he's dancing the Bee Gees in that. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That that too. <laughs> they, I was my favorite. At, I, I, I always, you know, <laughs> if you, oh, sorry. Go ahead. 
Well, I was say, I, Rose is looking at me crazy, but I'm like, I showed her that scene. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> uh, yeah. Anytime you want to throw down at a dance floor, just throw your jacket somewhere and expect it to be thrown right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> I like to ask people to pinch me because I think I'm dreaming and they look at me like I'm crazy and walk away. <laughs> That's after that Girl Scout fight or before? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I think we're on the we're on the airplane now. So let's uh, let's get back to Hamilton and wrap this bad boy up. What do you say, Rose? Thank you for listening to Hamilton, shot by shot. Before I tell you where you can find us, why don't we give Robin a chance to throw his plugs down for our audience? Oh sure. Uh, if you're into minute by minute podcasting, I host Karate Kid Minute, which goes through Karate Kid movies. Uh, well, the first one is one by minute at a time. The second one's two minutes, two minutes at a time. And soon we'll be releasing our one for Karate Kid Part 3, which is three minutes at a time. You guessed it. Uh, I also do uh, a podcast for the CW show Superman and Lois with a couple of my buddies. Uh, we call that Superman and Lois TV Talk. And uh, yeah, that's all I have currently going on. But Well, that sounds like thanks. enough. <laughs> yes, yes. Thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> and uh, as somebody who's listened to and guested on Karate Kid, I highly recommend that. Um, that's a really fun uh, show. And, yeah. And uh, being a big Superman fan myself, I'm going to check out the Superman and Lois TV talk. Cool. But um, you can find us, Rose and I, at Hamilton Shot by Shot on Instagram. And we're on Twitter, we're at Hamilton underscore SBS. So anyways, I want to thank Robin for joining us. I'm mm-hmm. glad it worked out and we were able all to wait for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see everybody next time for Stay Alive. Thanks for uh, joining us. Yeah, thanks. I am not throwing away my, not throwing away my shirt. Boom. Boom. Perfect. <laughs>